Dialectical Behavior Therapy was created in the 1980s by Marsha Linehan in Seattle, Washington. Today, DBT is taught all over the world. We're two therapists who believe everyone can benefit from DBT skills. I'm Kate. I'm Michelle. And And this this is is DBT and Me. Hi, everyone. Hello. Uh, Before I even tell you guys about what our topic is for today, Kate and I want to have full disclosure about the mental space we both are in at the moment. (laughs) So this episode that you guys are now starting to listen to we recorded this episode a few hours ago. A few, like 45 minutes ago, maybe we finished. <laughs> we ended recording. And then we had a technical issue, as happens on podcasts. And essentially, what we recorded is gone. And we are re recording it now for all of you. Yeah. We are aware we do not have to tell you any of this, but we are telling <laughs> you guys this. We're, we're hoping. The way we're putting a positive spin on re-recording everything we just said not that long ago is that that was like a rehearsal, and now maybe this newly recorded version of this episode will be even better than the original (laughs) that we recorded and got erased. The spiciness of being irritated will make it so much better. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is an annoyance. I remember, right, like when you're in school... And you type up a whole paper. Oh, my God. And then somehow, like, that's when your computer decides to crash or something and you have to retype the whole thing. That's a little bit what this feels like in the podcasting world. So, (sighs) Radical acceptance, right? Here we are, practicing our own DBT skills in daily life. Yes. (laughs) Totally. There's nothing we could do about the technical issue that happened. We're just starting over from scratch and seeing, seeing how this one ends up. So... That's what we wanted to start with, was telling you guys that. But to dive into what are we talking about today with with this episode, I think we got, <clears throat> this was like listener feedback from a few months ago, but yeah. I had asked people, I think in the Facebook group, you know, what kinds of topics are you guys wanting to hear more about? And this is one that comes up a lot. This comes up in groups that Kate and I lead. This has come up in Q&A emails that we've gotten, but learning dbt skills is great and then people often encounter challenges or struggles or confusion with taking what they've learned in a group setting or with their individual therapists and actually figuring out what it looks like to do dbt in regular day-to-day life once you have the knowledge and understanding of these skills What can sometimes get in the way of you actually using them, remembering them, those types of things. So today what we've done is we've broken this episode into basically the three most common challenges that we hear from people when they're learning DBT. The three most common struggles that they have with this. And we're just going to talk about each one and some of the things that we think can be helpful with overcoming that challenge so kate's gonna get us going with the first one jumping off into the deep end (laughs) (laughs) all right so the first challenge is basically i guess i would say this is the challenge of the overachiever this is the this is the challenge of trying to remember slash use like all of the skills in daily life um I know that we had someone somewhere. I think it was in a. I think it was in a Q and A. Talk about this, like right in saying. Yeah, she like, was like at school and yes. working, and she bless her heart. She was like, I got this workbook, and I'm trying to do this and do these worksheets the every day, and like, how do I yeah. utilize all of the skills each day? And I'm like, sweet Jesus, don't. That's the answer to that question. By the way, if any of you are asking, how do I use all of the DBT skills every day? The answer is don't that's that's how you do it is to not um so right these are this are people who just yeah i over michelle no the <laughs> for 
the overachievers in the in the group. People who are want to be really studious, really want to be on top of things. But maybe yes, this would have been me yes. if I had been at a DBT skills group as a participant. A hundred percent. So how do you tone it down? Because let me just say, if you're trying to do all or even most or even half or maybe even several DBT skills every single day, you're going to get overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed just thinking about you people trying to do that, right? Like, it's just, it's too much. So what are some skills to help you feel like you're still staying on top of your skills? Um, did I say skills to help you stay on top of your skills? Methods? That sounds better. Methods you, you can utilize to try and stay on top of your skills and feel like you're you're really integrating them and making them a part of your life without overwhelming yourself by trying to do them all at once. So the first thing that occurred to Michelle and I for this one is to pick a skill of the week. You could do this a number of different ways. You could, I don't know why this just occurred to me, but the first thing that occurred to me was cut up, like put a little, write, write it down on paper and cut them into pieces and like pull a skill out of a bag every week. Literally. Ooh, I actually <laughs> like that idea a lot. Right. So if you don't have anything that stands out as the one that you need right now, yeah, pick it random. Why the hell not? Have fun at it. Um, however, you might look at your week and be like, you know what? Just looking at what's on my schedule, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to need self-soothing this week. So that's what I'm going to focus on. Or I think that cope ahead is really necessary. I'm going to be focusing in on that before my, I don't know why I pick on family. Well, I do know why I pick on families. Before my family reunion next <laughs> week, right? Or something like that, right? So you can do it either sort of haphazardly, randomly or whatever, or... You can pick a skill that seems really pertinent to you for that week. Um, maybe the same skill feels pertinent for weeks in a row. That's okay. Practicing it that much will just get it even more ingrained and embedded in your psyche, make it more easy to access in more high-stress situations. It's lovely. Extra practice, not hurting anything. Um, you might also look at, I mean, on a week-to-week -week basis, but also more overarchingly, what are the top one to three skills that you most need? Uh, just looking at your world. What challenges, what struggles, what sorts of things come up for you regularly? And so um, what one to three, maybe at a stretch, five um, skills do you find yourself needing time and again? Um, those would be a good place to focus, right? If you... Uh, are overwhelmed, well, not if you're, just if you're overwhelmed, just because, and I'm going to go out there and say most people have just a subset of DBT skills that are going to be the ones that are the most impactful, resonate the most, um, mm -hmm. and are just the most needed, right? Depending right. on your life situation and the things that you struggle with most. Not everyone needs every skill. Right? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> and some you just... No offense to anyone or anything. Hate. Um, I know. I don't know. Progressive muscle relaxation. I don't know why I hate that so much. I just really. What are the peas and tip? Yes, I hate it. <laughs> so that would never be the thing, right? There are other letters in tip. I don't have to rely on that one in order to utilize the skill, right? So meet yourself where you are. Look at what your needs are, um, either on a week to week basis um, and or picking your top few skills that come up time and again. You could combine those two if you wanted to. You could have like a rotating skill of the week while you focus in on like one or two others that you know you need consistently. But just try not to pile it all on your head at once. Uh, because it is too much. <laughs> We've been teaching it for I think we're at like five years, six years, five or six years. Michelle and I have been Something teaching like this together. That. And seriously, we lead the same groups in the same order with the same skills every time. And we still have to sit down every week <laughs> before we teach and be like, all right, what are we doing this week? Well, how's the class go? What order of things? What exercise do we do? <laughs> right? Like we, yeah, it's too much. No one, no one has a space in their brain. And we learn something new. Every at least I'll speak time. for myself. Like yes. every time. And so it's one of those things too, that if you are putting all this pressure on yourself to use as many DBT skills as possible all the time. It, it really is, I believe, a never-ending process 
of learning different nuances about the skills or trying out different things in different contexts. So it's not like there's some magical finish line to achieve no. with <laughs> with practicing DBT. And if you're fooling yourself into thinking that there is, and I just want to get there as fast as possible, mm. that's when you're going to burn out from DBT yeah. and get tired of it and start to hate it. <laughs> yep. Take it at a pace that feels approachable. Because, yeah, exactly. Michelle and I have the benefit of bumping up against all of our different uh, clients or group participants, which really helps because they bring new questions, new perspectives mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But, you know, even if you focus in on one skill and are practicing it for a while, you'll find that it has different flavors just for yourself and just in your life. Right. So that's a good point. Um, and here you go. Speaking of those opportunities, those moments to make it slightly better. Uh, last time we recorded this, I kind of flubbed up this next one. So here I am <laughs> fixing it. Yay. <laughs> There's some silver lining. <laughs> so, uh, one of these things can be to use, like, apps, right? Things like that on your phone. Um, alarms can also work, but Michelle will go more into that and how those can be utilized in the next skill. I just think of this as, I don't know, while they can be useful for remembering stuff, which is more what Michelle's going to go into next, arm... Arms? Yes, arms. Very useful for holding the phone. No, uh, alarms and apps mm -hmm. can also be utilized to help you sort of rein it in a little bit, right? Like, you're just going to have this thing that tells you to practice this one, right? Maybe I use a habit tracker, and so you put in a new skill every week for that's what you're going to track on your habit tracker. Um, or, you know, set an alarm to remind yourself of what you're doing. Um, not so much because you're forgetting to do it, but maybe you need to remember to only do that one. <laughs> you need a reminder mm -hmm. to pare it down to keep it simple and to keep it from overwhelming you. Those are kind of the thoughts on that one. If you are the Michelle, uh, the overachiever, the the far-reacher, um, the A-type personality, uh, those ideally can help you narrow it down to a package that is approachable. Um, because exactly what Michelle said, otherwise you're going to burn out and not utilize it at all. Uh, so, yeah, we want to make sure that happens for as few of you as possible. Yep, definitely. Any thoughts to um, share, Michelle? Yeah, I guess that's just the only other thing that I'll share, um, which I which I kind of touched on a little bit, right? As if somewhere in your mind you're viewing it as DBT as this finish line. I just mm. have to learn all the skills as quickly as possible, and then I've mastered it. The end, right? <laughs> so... We, we have had people who will sometimes tell us that they binge listen to the podcast or that they're trying to learn like two or three new skills every week. Like if they have a workbook, let's say they're trying to work through like multiple chapters in the same week. And the only thing that I will say, and I do really feel like I can say this because I can, I can, I can relate a lot to this challenge of wanting to do too much with DBT is in terms of pacing yourself, really, and I strongly mean this, do not learn more than one new skill a week. I understand when people say sometimes that they're listening to a lot of podcast episodes in a row, especially if they've already learned these skills mm -hmm. in like a group setting or in their own individual therapy and they're just listening to a few episodes to, to get a refresher. But if you are learning this for the first time, one skill per week, do not go faster than that because it's kind of that idea of then you're focusing on quantity over quality and we want it to be that you are actually able to implement and use what you're learning. So that's a big thing I'll say too with this challenge is limit yourself to learning one new skill a week. Cause sometimes even that, I mean, I feel this sometimes when we're leading groups, even that can sometimes be yes. like a lot really quickly yep. to move through. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. All right. What are, what's our challenge to Michelle? Oh yeah. So the second challenge that we thought of is basically the, the flip side of this, right? So we were just talking about how the challenge for some people is that they need to, they need to rein it in. <laughs> they need to dial it back with how much DBT 
they're trying to use in their lives so that they don't overwhelm themselves. And this challenge that I'm about to talk about is really about turning it up. (laughs) So this can take a number of different forms, but essentially if you find that you are struggling to get motivated to use the skills that you're learning, yeah, whether it be in a group or through therapy, on your own with the therapist individually, like if you are just basically showing up, but then when you leave, DBT just flies out of your head. (laughs) You don't practice, you forget to use the skills, you don't think about it at all until the following week. This is the challenge that I'm about to talk about. Because this happens. Closer to me, by the way. If, if it's not like you one was closer to you, then, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if I mentioned the age. When I went through DBT as a participant, I was 19 and going to UW. Like, homework has never been my strong suit. <laughs> yeah. And I had a lot yeah. of it on my plate at the time. So, yeah, no, definitely this one is more my challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you bring up a good point, Kate, because that's the other way that this can look is, you know, there's the practicing of the skills themselves and trying to apply them, and that can sometimes fall to the wayside or be forgotten about. And if you are in a formal DBT type of program, you likely have homework, probably in the form of a diary card. So this can also look like forgetting to do your diary cards forgetting to do homework assignments that you may be assigned to do within the program that you're in. So basically, this is all about just DBT kind of going to the back of your mind and and living there <laughs> and not being not being used as regularly as ideally it would be. So, so what can you do about that? Well, I'll start off with first addressing specifically the the homework diary card piece of things. If, if that is your specific struggle, is I have a diary card that I'm supposed to do and I really struggle to remember to do the diary card. So some of you also may be listening to this and going, what do you mean by diary card? I, I don't know what that is. So we did talk about this briefly in a Q&A episode. Again, a long time ago, we did not look up which Q&A episodes we're oh, referring to. Oh, we talked to. about stuff in... Yes. Yeah. Too, too hard to go back through and try to find. But I remember someone reached out to us specifically about diary cards. And Mm -hmm. I am pretty confident that in the Facebook group, um, I've made different guides trying to break down different worksheets and stuff that apply to each, each episode. And that there is a guide specifically about diary cards And in that guide, there's a website that links to a few different examples. And Kate and I uploaded the diary card that we use in our groups. Um, Basically, to summarize it, diary cards are a way to keep track of what DBT skills you're using. That's their primary purpose. Some diary cards are really complex and track a number of things. So some diary cards track what DBT calls problem behaviors. So having questions on the diary card about if someone self-harmed that day or if they used drugs or alcohol that day or things of that nature. So diary cards are an important part of most DBT programs. And sometimes they can feel like a lot of work. And different programs are different. But some programs expect you to do a diary card every single day. And again, that can be pretty draining or it can just be really easy and natural to forget from time to time to to get it done and to drop the ball. It happens. So some strategies specifically around doing your diary card, or I guess really one strategy. This is by far, (laughs) this is the main thing I talk about in, in our group when we're talking about diary cards the first night is... I really recommend that you put your diary card next to your bed. Put it on your bedside table, have a pen right there, and every night before you go to bed, have that be the time that you take to complete your diary card for that day. And just make it a routine. Whether we consciously are aware of it or not, almost all of us have 
a bedtime routine of sorts, right? We brush our teeth, we get into our pajamas, we pack our lunch for work the next day. Whatever it is, there's just kind of certain things. Kate, Kate made a face. Kate probably doesn't do that. I do that. <laughs> when I actually leave to go to work now, which isn't very often. Otherwise, no need to pack a lunch. Fair. Um, but there's just certain things that we do at the end of each day to wind down before we go to bed and to just have your diary card be one more step in that process. And to kind of know for yourself how long it's going to take you to fill that out. Some of the more complex diary cards could take 30 minutes. Some of the simpler ones might take five. But however long you think it's going to take you to try to start your bedtime routine earlier so that you have the time to fill it out right before you go to bed. That's the thing that I recommend there. Yes, Kate? So I, it didn't occur to me before, but another possibility would be to do it first thing when you wake up. I have had mm. an aspiration to be a daily journaler for my, most of my life, and it didn't start happening until I switched from journaling in the evenings to journaling right when I wake up oh, in the morning. Nice. It's just uh -huh. so easy to be like, oh, I'm too tired, or I'm headachy, or I've stayed up too late already, or I've, like, there's so, mm. for me at least, excuses pile up by the end of the day, and I'm more of a morning person anyway, but, like, I just was putting it off or not doing it or skipping it or, well, I'll just catch up tomorrow or whatever incessantly when I tried to journal every night before bed. But now, unless I have a migraine or I'm really sick, I, I knock out my three pages of journaling every morning. Um, Good for you. And so, I don't know. I found, weirdly, I was, I don't know, journaling in the morning seemed really weird and unnatural because I'm like, well, aren't you supposed to do it at the end of your day to, like, record shit? I'm like, it's not really that different to do it right when you first wake up. Nothing has happened new in the new day. <laughs> yeah, you could just talk about yesterday. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, so no, just to point. put that out there, it might be, if, if you're struggling with it as part of your night routine, see, switch it up. See if it fits yeah. better as a part of your morning routine. Because <laughs> that yeah, no, that could, that could totally work. Yeah, I like that suggestion. Because yeah, this is going to be really unique and individual for for what works for everyone. And yeah, if you if you do happen to run into some of those challenges like you were just describing, then yeah, try it in the morning. See see what that does. Um, yeah, that's a good idea, Kate. Thanks. Um. Now, switching it more generally, uh, whether you're in a group or whether you're not in a group, whether you have diary cards or don't have diary cards, just, just in terms of using the skills, if this is something that you find yourself struggling to get motivated to practice or something that, again, you know, I, I say this a lot in our groups, too, where if you think, which sounds really bad, but it's true, if you think that showing up to group every night and listening attentively is going to be all it takes to then use DBT skills. When a crisis hits in your life, you are sorely mistaken. Yeah. You have to practice when things are going relatively well, relatively smoothly. Life is not ever perfect, but there are times <laughs> of more stress and less stress. And there are times where things may be easier and times where things may be more difficult. And if you're not keeping the skills in the front of your mind during times where things are calm and easy, it's going to be really hard to just pull out the skills at the drop of a hat when you actually really need them when things are hard. You have to practice and keep them in the front of your mind. So one strategy that could really help with this is to take screenshots on your phone of worksheets or of the acronyms. I mean, if you search, literally, <laughs> if you search any DBT skill, if you do an image search of it, you will find worksheets that are online of every DBT skill that exists. So some of these are going to be worksheets from the manual, like Kate and I use when we lead our groups and what we post in the Facebook group. Some of these are going to be worksheets that people made up on their own to help with the skills, but you will find materials that talk about the skills, materials that spell out what each letter of the acronym means. <laughs> You'll be able to find information about the skills that you can just take a screenshot of and keep on your phone. 
So that makes it really accessible. And we hear great stories sometimes, like someone posted recently in the group about how the wallpaper on their phone is the STOP acronym. Oh, yes. Because, yeah, because, like, that's the skill that they're really working on. So having things saved in our phone means it's at our fingertips at all times. So, yeah, when you are sitting on the bus going to and from work, you can be reviewing DBT skills then. Um, if you have, I don't know, if you're waiting for an appointment, have a couple minutes in the waiting room, you can look at it. <laughs> it's there all the time for you to refer back to if you have a hard time remembering. And what I recommend, which is actually funny because Kate was just talking about morning stuff and how it can help <laughs> to sometimes do things in the morning. This is one thing that I highly recommend doing in the morning is if you have some screenshots, pull them up and look at them because I don't know about all of you, but the first thing I do in the morning before I get out of bed is I look at my phone and I'm scrolling through Facebook and I'm checking my emails <laughs> and that's part of what I do. And it would literally take hardly any time at all to just go to your photos and look at the screenshots that you've taken of DBT skills. So this can be helpful. Some of the skills in particular that this would be helpful for is like pros and cons. Mm -hmm. If you have a problem behavior that you are working on changing and if you have written out your pros and cons list, have that pros and cons list on your phone. Take a picture of the worksheet after you've completed it and have that to refer back to. That's one that I think could be really helpful. But this could be like the check the facts questions because there's a number of check the facts components that might be easy to forget. This could be the dime game. Mm. I mean, this could be this could be any skill that you want to remember. Um, don't do it, right? Because then, then you could be falling into what we were talking about with the first challenge. Don't take screenshots of all the DBT skills. <laughs> <laughs> don't overwhelm yourself. Just think about, like Kate was saying, honestly, for the first for the first challenge, this applies here too. Think about the skills that you most need in your life, the skills that you're most working on or the skills that you most struggle to remember. Pick between one to three, up to five max, and take screenshots of those um, that that's, a good limit to have. And I guess building off of that, the same way that Kate was talking about narrowing down your top skills as a way to rein it in for the people who are trying to do it all, <laughs> for those of you who may be struggling to do DBT at all and to implement it at all in your regular day-to-day -day life, this is a way for you to start, is to pick the couple skills, you know, maybe like say one from each module or so, like one from emotional regulation, distress tolerance, interpersonal effectiveness. I mean, mindfulness is, mindfulness goes together just so well. <laughs> All the skills really intersect with mindfulness. But maybe you want to pick like wise mind or maybe you want to pick observe from mindfulness. Those would be good basic skills. But pick a couple and just really make sure that you're setting a bar for yourself that feels attainable mm -hmm. because sometimes what happens with dbt because it's so much information is the same way that some people might try to uh, i don't know when you hear all that information try to just take it all in as much as possible other people shut down yep. with that much information it's just too much it's like i there's no way i could possibly do all of this so forget it and we have to we have to make a conscious effort to practice these things so that they're there when we really need them. So pick a couple that you want to consciously practice. And if picking three is too many, pick two. If picking two is too many, pick one. Mm -hmm. And if the skill that you happen to pick is maybe a really complex skill that you're struggling with, pick a simpler one. Um, just start as small as you need to to get to the point where you actually feel like you're starting to use DBT on a somewhat regular basis in your life is really important. And then the final thing I'll say about this one is Kate was talking about how like alarms and apps can be really helpful. And I will echo that here again for, for kind of a different purpose, <laughs> because this would be for the purpose of giving you some tools to help you with starting to implement skills instead of giving you tools to you know, again, yeah, rein it in with how much you're trying to use the skills. 
but it may be something that especially if you are attending a skills group or learning about dbt and individual therapy you may need another way or another resource to learn the skills that's going to resonate for you that's why we wanted to make this podcast was because we wanted to have it be that people would have the skills information that they can come back to again and again and again as many times as they would need to that they can listen to it in the car or listen to it when they're cleaning the house or to have it be really accessible some people love workbooks where you're filling out worksheets with pen and paper some people hate workbooks but if sitting in like a classroom type of setting feels like it's not cutting it for you in terms of being able to like remember and use the skills see if there's another resource out there that would help hopefully you're getting something out of listening to the podcast we really hope so but trust me there's there's lots of workbooks if you need to actually practice writing things down or you want something to read you want to read about the skills not just hear somebody talk about them there's a lot out there and that may help you as well is just to switch up the way that you're learning the information and that may help you better better remember it and better be able to to use it so i like it my thoughts yeah what what if anything do you have to to add on here well there was the morning thing that i said before otherwise gosh off the top of my head i don't have too much um i did think it's funny one thing we forgot to say was that a lot of this might sound familiar to people (laughs) from various and sundry q a's um because i know that many of these points are ones that have come up to you know as answers to individual inquiries that we've gotten so some of these if you're thinking huh i swear i've heard michelle or kate recommend this before you probably have it's plausible. It's just trying to collect it all in one place rather than scattered amongst who even knows how many um, <laughs> Q&A episodes. But no, I think that's great. I think it's, I, I, I don't know. I love how the exact same thing can be overwhelming in, in such di- different ways, right? Like there's uh, the different, you know, or both really, depending on <laughs> how much you flip flop. Um, but uh, no, I think you covered those pretty pretty well. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Okay. So, yeah, cool. on, to, on to number three. Yeah, the last challenge that we thought of. We are, we are sure there are more, but... This is true. And, hey, if, uh, if you have them, write to us about them. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> then we can put yours in a Q&A, whatever we didn't get to here. Um, so, the third challenge is for folks who are too busy, right? Um, and this can show up in a number of different ways, right? This can be too busy in a, like, I, Kate and Michelle, I literally do not have time to do this shit. Um, this can also be, I don't know, life and the world have been a lot for a while now. Um, and so this can also be, I don't know, uh, as, as the state that we're living in opens back up a little bit more and people are getting vaccinated and such, there's the possibility of socializing. And after basically not having socialized for a year, I think having one plan in a week would make me feel overwhelmingly busy. Uh, Because, you know, I haven't really had those in a bit, right? So busy can look like a number of different ways. It can be a felt sense of busyness or a more practical busyness. But either way, we wanted to give you some ways to get around feeling and slash being too busy. Um, now I think when I think about this, that the too busy belongs in air quotes because of the first answer to this, (laughs) which is (laughs) do not forget that mindfulness is a DBT skill. (laughs) And as you may recall, Michelle and I repeating a lot in the episodes early on in the podcast where we talked about mindfulness, there is no such thing as too busy for mindfulness, um, because you can be mindful of anything. Any moment, anytime you are conscious, you can decide to turn on mindfulness and practice that skill in the moment. Um, This can be during work, during chores, during social interactions, during errands, during (laughs) podcast recording. Uh, (laughs) Right? There's literally no limit. I, I cannot possibly list all the things, right? Because mindfulness is 
a hundred percent of the time that you're, you know, awake and cognizant. I, you know, maybe don't try mindfulness when you're coming out from under anesthesia or something. Um, but <laughs> it's like pretty much you can do this anytime, anywhere about anything. So that's, that's kind of the first thing. Um, and second is like mindfulness, try and pay attention or focus on, pay attention to or focus on skills that are more of a way of being rather than something to do, right? There are certainly many DBT skills that are around doing, right? Super intensive worksheets for things like check the facts or um, problem solving for um, emotion regulation, things that just require planning and, you know, are an action like implementing dear man. You can't really dear man without Dear Manning, right? It's a doing, right? So there's a lot of skills in DBT that require actions, right? Um, on the other hand, there's a surprising number of them that don't, really. <laughs> uh, mindfulness, of course, being one of them. Wise mind being one of them. Um, willingness, radical acceptance, ride the wave, um, certain elements of please, all right, there's there's a lot of opportunities to have DBT be more of how you're moving through your world or situation rather than being a thing that you're doing separately from your life or the situations that you're a part of. Um, so that might help reduce this sense of a lack of time or a lack of space. Um, DBT doesn't necessarily have to take up its own separate space. Um, it can just become one uh, with your life, right? It can just be something that you're, you are being rather than something that you are doing so much. Um, that, I guess I would say, segues a little bit into this idea that thinking can be a way of practicing as well. So even for those more complicated skills, right? If you want to spend your day thinking about what, you know, what do I really like about, I don't know, uh, opposite action. What do I not like about it? What are some times that I've used it successfully? What are places where I notice that I struggle a lot with it or an emotion that I notice I have a really hard time utilizing opposite action with or, right, like going over these things in your mind is a wonderful way to practice DBT and help it become more ingrained, right? I mean, do take action. Some of these things require it. And when you get the opportunity, do so. Um, but you can get a lot further than you might think um, by just, yeah, pondering, thinking about, um, yeah, I want there to be something way more elaborate sounding than thinking about, but I can't come up with it over the, off the top of my head. I can uh, almost think of it as like, preparing oh, yeah, for meditating or, on uh <laughs> yeah or almost like what i was talking about with the with the challenge that i talked about mm -hmm. if we're not thinking about dbt skills mm -hmm. if we're not keeping them in the front of our mind again you don't have to keep them all there oh, sweet, no. <laughs> but if if you know there's a couple that you're really wanting to center in on if you're not thinking about them or mm -hmm. trying to remember or recall the different components and that kind of a thing, yeah, it's going to make it harder to actually use it. So I think this is really valid mm -hmm. and really important of no matter how busy you are, even if you're not stopping to specifically do the skill, which again, some skills require that, some skills don't, even just thinking about it, of like, well, opposite action is, say, my skill of the week. So when are times where I've done it before and what, yeah, what emotion do I need it the most for in my life and that kind of a thing? Yeah, that's totally valid. Even if you're not doing it in that moment, you're, you're thinking about it. Ooh, that reminded me of a thing I meant to say that I forgot, but is not related yeah. to my current challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I say throw it in and then we can circle back around to, to wrapping up your thoughts for, for no, this challenge. No, I, I actually like. really liked it from, from, from the last time, our first pass, <laughs> our practice go, um, at, the, <laughs> this, uh, at this episode, which was to reduce being overwhelmed by DBT, 
find ways, find how you're succeeding rather mm. than finding how you might be quote unquote failing. Right. Oh, yeah. um, this relates back to Michelle's superpower of always being able to turn any kind of coping skill or many healthy actions of almost any variety uh, into a DBT skill. Um, you can do this for yourself, right? Even if it's, you know, I don't know, if you have a skill that you're trying to practice in some fashion or another every day, which also already, oof, that's a lot, um, and you don't one day, right, that can be really demoralizing, right? It can, you know, once we have quote-unquote failed at a thing, we can easily become discouraged, overwhelmed, fuck it, whatever fuck it is as an emotion. Uh, <laughs> right. And so, I don't know. One of the things that helps me a lot with my tracking habits, for instance, is to look for ways that I can say I did the thing this day, rather than look for ways that I failed, look for ways that I didn't do it. Right. So like one of my things that I try and do is be creative in some fashion or another every day. Well, I might stretch some of the meaning of that term uh, on occasion so that I get that like positive feedback, right? I get that pleasant sensation of having accomplished a thing. Um, and so I would, I would say that that can be helpful for people really in either of the first two categories for challenge one or challenge two um, is just to, to just mm, not discourage giving up, but kind of to, make it less likely, um, less overwhelming, is to find find how you're succeeding, right? Give your look back over your day and in all probability you did something that could count. As being skillful. As being skillful. Um, mm -hmm. And that gives you that boost, right? That gives you a little bit of a dopamine hit, right? <laughs> so that yeah. you have a pleasant association with DBT and are more likely to continue pursuing it rather than feeling, mm -hmm. you know, sad trombone. Because you yep. didn't do the thing. Yeah. And now that we're talking about this again, yes, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, there was something. There was something. Really good that we talked about the first <laughs> time. And I can't remember what it was. So I'm glad you remembered. Um, because, yeah, I mean, build, building off of that, basically, you know, there's there's two and, and likely more than two, right? But there's kind of two ways to approach practicing and implementing DBT into your life. And both ways are valid and both ways are good. <laughs> and one way is to sort of take this approach that we've been talking about up until this point in this episode, which is to start skill first, right? So to consciously try to pick a skill and apply that skill to your life in some situation, right? Okay, I can recognize that this person is not texting me back. I'm starting to feel anxious about that and tell myself all sorts of stories who I need to check the facts. So that's leading skill first, right? You're able to name the skill, hopefully do the skill. And there you go. Sometimes we're doing skills and we're not consciously aware that we're doing skills. We're not thinking about it in DBT language. We're just living our lives and we happen to sometimes be doing it in a skillful way. <laughs> did like, you eat a healthy lunch? Congratulations. You did please you today. You practiced please, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, you know, if let's say you and your roommate are starting to have some kind of conflict and normally that conflict escalates to the two of you yelling at each other. And instead of yelling at your roommate, you decided to just go into your room and start reading a book, you might not be thinking in that moment, which actually, that could be a ton of different skills. Right? <laughs> you might not be thinking in that moment, oh, look, I'm using stop, or I'm going to go use the A from accepts and distract myself, or I'm going to take a brief vacation from improve and go everybody. <laughs> could be a lot of things now that I think about it. You might not be thinking of it in that language of DBT or consciously choosing a skill in that moment you're just responding in a skillful way but exactly as Kate's talking about if you look back over your day you might be able to see oh I did use dbt I wasn't thinking of it as using dbt I wasn't intentionally trying to use dbt in that moment 
I just did it. And both ways are okay, whether you're like consciously trying to use the skills and pick some to try, or whether you are not thinking at all in DBT language, <laughs> but you're just acting more skillfully in your life. That means you're probably using skills. And people will say this all the time in group. Yep. They'll show up to our groups and be doing a homework check-in and they're like, hey, you know, I, I don't really know what I did, but this interaction with this person went like a lot better than it normally does. Or I didn't feel so anxious this week. And they're, they're struggling to identify like because they weren't thinking skills first. They weren't thinking about what skills they were using. But when I kind of ask some questions or kind of dig a little bit, I'm like, oh, you were doing X, Y, and Z. Skills. <laughs> or a and skill like, from oh, a module they was. haven't been in yet. <laughs> that happens a lot too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you happen to be using this distress tolerance skill, which you haven't learned yet, but you know, it, you can act in very skillful ways, even if you're not consciously thinking of it through a DBT lens. So I love that you brought that back up, Kate, about how, just look back and try to look for the times in your day where perhaps you were using DBT, even if you didn't realize you were. In the moment. you might have been. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then you feel positively and it helps keep yeah. the ball rolling, which can be yeah, really definitely. a nice sort of self-mind hack. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and then so coming back to the, the too busy to practice skills uh, challenge just for the last point that I have there. It's basically, I don't know, maybe this is different for other people, but I'd say on average, if your day is hellishly busy, trying to fit something in to the middle of that might prove to be a remarkable struggle. Um, in part because you're really busy, in part because things can take variable amounts of time, maybe because there's other human beings involved and, you know, we can't predict what they're going to do, right? Like, there's lots of reasons. So... If you really do want to be working on something that explicitly takes time, right? It's not just a way of being, right? It's a skill that you actually have to do something with. Um, you might try fitting it in at the very start of your day or at the very end of your day. It's kind of a theme with this episode, Little huh? bit. Morning or night. <laughs> Fuck the middle of the day. Who even likes that thing anyway? That's when <laughs> stupid shit happens. No, I'm joking. Um, they... It gets way harder. <laughs> it is way harder. That's accurate. That's when all the stuff is going on. Um, right? But, you know, maybe maybe you have just a little bit. You can shove it in before all the busyness starts. Or after you've sort of, you know, you've decided to call it quits on everything else for the day. Maybe you have five or ten minutes that you can you can take up for it at the end of your day. Um, my biggest argument for this being possible, I actually use with my clients a lot about various and sundry things, mostly mindfulness, but is like, you're, I feel pretty safe saying that damn near, if not every person listening to this is going to fuck off at least five minutes of their day. Maybe all at once, maybe in five, one minute intervals. I don't know, but you know, you're going to scroll on a thing or play a dumb phone game or, I don't know, space out staring at a thing or, like, I don't know what it's going to look like for you, but you're going to do something that isn't your busy day anyway, and so you might be able to get more from that time by doing something intentional with it and something where you get, yeah, that hit of dopamine for feeling successful, feeling like you checked something off your list, stuff like that. So if worse comes to worse and you have to do... Try doing at the beginning or end of your day. Because I think it's going to yeah. work better for most folks. Nice. Yep. Um, I thought of some things to add to this one Ooh. this time. <laughs> when we recorded this the first time, Kate was like, Michelle, do you have any thoughts? I was like, nope, nope. can't think <laughs> of anything. But this time I was specifically thinking of like, is there anything else I want to say about this one? And I thought of two things. All right, I'm ready. Um. With the practicing mindfulness, and I will say this for myself, mm. um, because I can often fill my days with busyness <laughs> and to-do lists and all of that, and I will just make the argument that exactly as Kate was saying, how you can practice mindfulness anytime, anywhere, doing anything, you need to most practice mindfulness on your busiest days. Mm. Like... Mm -hmm. that's where I find that if I do remember to practice mindfulness on my really busy days, I get the most bang for my buck from doing it. Um, and it really can help me 
recenter and really help me feel a little slowed down because a lot of times, I mean, even on days where you do actually have a lot of things scheduled, it's also kind of like you said, Kate, you know, there's a lot of perception that goes into busyness. Yep. Some days I have five things scheduled and I'm like, I've got this. I don't feel too busy. And then other times I could have two things scheduled and I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> well, that's something going on within me. Yep. So <laughs> mindfulness can really help most on your on your days where you feel busiest. So I just wanted to drive drive that point home really hard too of like the same way that as you were saying Kate too busy is not an excuse to not practice mindfulness because <laughs> it doesn't take any time that's the excuse to practice it like make sure you really practice it on those days um and then the second thing that I thought of is that I mean even though yes with DBT right dialectical behavior therapy behavior meaning doing the other thing that I was thinking about in terms of again how can you practice DBT without necessarily stopping what you're doing to switch Do. gears and <laughs> practice a skill? Yeah. Um, is the, is the dialectical thinking mm. like if you're just moving through the world and you find yourself thinking in a more dialectical way. And if you guys are like, hold on, I need a refresher of what that means. Sweet Jesus. We have two episodes on dialectics. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So go and find those episodes and listen to those episodes because we give tons of examples of how to think more dialectically. But if you're just viewing the world and the people around you in this more open-minded way than maybe you did before, right? And this would also be practicing mindfulness, this more non-judgmental yes. kind of way. Yes. You're doing, you are doing DBT. So I don't care if you're like, but I'm not doing any of the of the skills, right? So what? Like you, you are still, you are absolutely practicing DBT if you're really practicing the dialectical thinking, totally part of it. So I wanted to just good sure addition too. I like it. Thanks. <laughs> I feel proud of myself for thinking of something because again, you cover you cover this one so well. Well, and I knew so. I had something last time, and I couldn't remember until halfway through mine. So there you go. Apparently, rehearsal yep. only gets us so far. It only gets us so far. <laughs> um, so we reached the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. So with homework, the same way that it's been the past few months, so this might not be surprising, there is probably one of these three challenges that really stands out to you for something that you may struggle with, struggle with especially out of the first two. You probably either err more on the side of I'm trying to do all the DBT stuff all the time or err too much on the side of I'm not doing enough DBT. So... One of those will probably resonate with you. I feel like the third one can come up in various and sundry ways for lots of people. But whatever one feels like it hit home the most for you, pick one of the things that we mentioned as something to practice for that particular challenge and start implementing it in your life and see if that helps you feel like you're practicing DBT in a more effective way than maybe you have been before. And like usual, we're going to be posting all this in the Facebook group. So if what we've talked about has already flowed out of your head, because <laughs> let me do the math. We talked about 11 different things. Well, some of them have crossover. Yes. It's probably like, you know, nine. <laughs> but if you're already like, I can't remember all of them, we'll post it in the group. Just go and find it and find it there so you can look back on it. Um, so that is homework. So now it's awkward self-promotion time. Yes, it is. Um, so we're going to start by shouting out Rachel. Rachel became a new patron recently. Thank, so thank you, Rachel. Rachel. Yeah. So if you want to become a patron like Rachel, you can go to patreon.com slash DBT and me and become a monthly patron there. Also, check out our Etsy shop by going to Etsy.com and searching for DBT and me. So you can see all the stuff we have in our Etsy shop. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating or write us a review and email us at dbtandmepodcast at gmail.com if you have questions or successes or 
I don't know. We just love hearing from you guys. It never gets old. It doesn't. It really doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) We love getting emails. It makes us so happy. Um, And then I'm going to add on a new thing starting this week with awkward self-promotion. I'm going to call you out, Kate. This is Kate's idea. It was my idea. She's right. (laughs) This is a good thing. This is a good thing to be doing. Kate's like, I listen to podcasts and they always mention the other podcasts that they have. It's true. So we realized we haven't talked about our second podcast in a bit. In a, in a bit. So we thought we would mention it today, especially because, you know, we're only posting new episodes once a month in DBT and me, Q&A episodes here and there. But in case you are wanting which again sounds you just so can't strange get to say. <laughs> In case you want to listen to us more, <laughs> you can check out our other podcast. Uh, the name of it is The Couch and the Chair. So you can search for that on any podcast platforms. Whatever platform you're, lo- you're using to listen to this episode right now, just search for it on that platform. So it's on iTunes, it's on Spotify, it's on Stitcher, it's iHeartRadio, yeah. Castbox. <laughs> yeah, it's it's up and going everywhere. So you can search for the couch and the chair. And as a refresher of what it is, basically Kate and I love DBT. We love talking about DBT and we also wanted to have um basically have a podcast where we can talk about more than just dbt (laughs) and so in the couch in the chair we talk more personally and more in depth about things that we've experienced in our lives and how therapy has helped us since we've each been in therapy for a number of years how being in therapy ourselves has helped us cope with some of the things that we've been through in life and we also talk about things that we recommend to our clients or tips that we find helpful kind of through the lens of also being mental health professionals. And we talk about that stuff too. So we hope that there are things that we might suggest that will be helpful just with improving mental health overall, because Lord knows (laughs) mental health is a never ending journey. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a lot more outside the box of DBT. So personal and professional. Definitely. So, yeah, you can search for us wherever you listen. And also, we have a Facebook group for that podcast as well. So, if you want to be kept up to date on when new episodes are posted, or again, we post resources in the Facebook group related to the episode topics, you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash the couch and the chair. If you just go to Facebook... (laughs) And you just search for the couch and the chair, you won't find us. Things we did not Um, anticipate when we thought of the name. (laughs) Yes, you won't find us there. Um, You'll find things for sale on Marketplace. Couches and and chairs. (laughs) Yes, yeah. So you have to type in the exact URL to find the Facebook group. So So, facebook.com slash groups slash the couch and the chair. But this is just a little bit that we're going to be incorporating into the awkward self-promotion bit at the end of every episode. It's just reminding you guys that we do have that podcast if you are wanting to listen to, again, different sides of Kate and I and what we have to share and things like that. That's like out that. there. Okay. Okay. Closing, Closing moment. moment. Take two. Jinx. <laughs> I think we said it at the same time. Oh, man. I don't know. Maybe we ought to name the episode something, 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 take two. That would be funny. The- oh, boy. <laughs> this is the first time we've ever had to do this. I know. I did say that after I got done with my fluent like, To cut cursing. ourselves some slack. Well, we've been podcasting for like a year and a half almost. Yeah. And this is the first time we've ever had to just completely... Scrap. We didn't even botch it. That's true. Just the equipment botched itself. Yep, the equipment (laughs) didn't work, and this is the first time we've ever had to re-record from scratch. So, I think that's not that's not not too bad of a track record. (laughs) It's funny. I don't know if you've been able to see me, Michelle. I am like checking the recorder every like five minutes. Like, don't you even do the thing, right? I'm checking mine. So, mine actually. I just noticed this. Mine says low battery. So, I'm gonna actually hop off here. Okay. 
and just let Kate do the closing moment and take you guys through to the end <laughs> of the episode. But I'm here with you guys while I know I'm like I don't see you, but uh, you know, for the recording session. Bye, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, we knew my battery was gonna run up, so I'm gonna stop recording now. <laughs> okay, I think Michelle has now ducked out of the virtual room. And we can go into the closing moment. So today, though, I did want to give a little bit of a preface before hopping in. We're going to do a different kind of closing moment than usual. So normally, right, we get comfy, we close our eyes, we do a guided visualization of some sort. I'm all about that. But today, I just wanted to gently remind you guys of, all right, well, I mean, I enthusiastically reminded you during the uh, episode itself about how accessible mindfulness is. But now I just want to lead you through a super basic, easily accomplished, no matter where you are, and really no matter how many other people are around you, little mindfulness exercise um, so that you have the opportunity to experience how easily it is to access it, how easy it is to access it. There we go. Um, and yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully remind yourself that you can do this anywhere, anytime. So. Do get comfortable, whatever that means for you right now. But today, we're going to keep our eyes open. And we're going to go basically through all of our senses and observing our environment through them. So to start with, we're going to go with the sense of sight. And I'd love for each of you to just take a moment, look around your surroundings, and just pick out five things to really notice and to name. Um, Depending on how full your environment is, this could be something that you could knock out super fast, but I would encourage you to take a little bit longer with it and maybe try and find five things that are interesting or five things that evoke some sort of pleasant emotional response in you or something where the color stands out, right? Just a little bit more than just rattling off the very first five things that you lay your eyes on. So I mean, quiet for a moment here and let you guys look around your spaces and find and name five things. Okay, so now we're gonna move on to the sense of touch. And I'd love for you guys to, again, explore your surroundings, this time finding four things, four different textures in your surroundings that you can touch. Um, depending on where you are and what's around you, you might even explore doing this with something um, not just your hands or fingertips, right? You could hold something to your mouth or press it to your neck or cheek. You could see what it feels like on the back of your hand as opposed to the front or the palm. Um, we can sometimes forget that all of our skin can feel, not just our fingers and our hands. So, yeah, I'll be quiet again for a few seconds. Let you find four things in your environment to touch and name. Okay, hopefully you've been able to do that. Now we're gonna move on to the sense of hearing. And this one I'm gonna be quiet for longer because my talking is just gonna make it harder for each of you. So yeah, just tune into your environment and see if you can hear and name three different and separate sounds in your environment. Okay, next, moving on, we're going to go to the sense of smell. This one is more or less challenging depending on where you are, but 
I encourage you to take a few slow, deep breaths in through your nose, which is going to have a calming and positive effect anyway. And see if you can notice and name two different things that you can smell in your environment right now. Alright, and last, but certainly not least, is the sense of taste. This one is plausibly, well, this one I think is the hardest, and that's why we only have you name one thing that you can taste in your environment. So, if you have something you can drink or eat, that's a great option. Um, or, you know, maybe just notice the taste that comes with one of those smells that you noticed in the environment. Whatever is accessible to you right now. Maybe nothing is. That's okay. But if there is, take this moment to enjoy something you can taste. Notice it, name it, and experience it mindfully. Okay. All right, so that's our exercise for today, everyone. Just a gentle reminder that you can be mindful anywhere, anytime of anything. It was great. And uh, goodbye from both me and Michelle. And we'll talk to you guys next time. To learn more about us and the DBT skills we're teaching each week, join our Facebook group. Simply log in to your Facebook profile and search for DBT and me podcast.